0: Hello and welcome to an All Saints Conversation. I'm Connie Willems.
1: And I'm Brock Bingaman.
0: We have an interesting topic in front of us today. We are here for All Saints, which the full name of it, give us the full name of this.
1: All Saints Center for Theology, Spirituality, and Leadership.
0: And it's really interesting. We're going to be talking about one of the words in the actual name of All Saints, which is the word spirituality, because... I think I'm like a lot of people, and I'm just this is true confession time. Yeah. I know what theology, we're a center for theology, spirituality, and leadership. I know what theology is. I know what leadership is. But if you were to ask me, could you define spirituality for me? I would hesitate. So what we're mm-hmm. going to do is talk about that middle word, spirituality. Spirituality.
1: Don't we find, too, that these words can be like white noise as well? Like we've really we run into this with theology because some people automatically shut down or it's an intimidating word. Their
0: eyes just glaze, glaze. over when they yes. hear that
1: word. And so we've tried to reframe it and recapture what theology was for the early church. Reflection on God in the presence of God. So we want to do the same thing with spirituality.
0: Because when I hear the word spirituality, in my culture that I'm, we're swimming in today, usually it's in a very vague kind of way where someone is saying, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. Yeah. And my connotation has it involving all sorts of really vague or out there or wild or on the fringes mm-hmm. things or spiritual practices or something that people have randomly borrowed from Eastern religions. And yeah. that's not what we're talking about at all.
1: Yeah, there's a, a gamut of strangeness related to it. I mean, it may even take you into new age. So if someone hears spirituality automatically, they're thinking of Shirley MacLaine or something like that. So that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about christian spirituality and so there's a whole history behind this going back to the scriptures that is what we're talking about that's what we're looking into that's what we're exploring in all saints
0: so because the word can be so randomly used and so vaguely used why did we decide it was so important to use a word like that that could be misunderstood
1: I think because people going before us did, they used that word and they had opportunities to swap that word out for another and they contended for this word. I think one reason, Connie, is because it it suggests a person. Spirituality, Christian spirituality is about the Holy Spirit.
0: So the involved f- in the very word is the idea that this is Inherently about the Holy Spirit. The Holy
1: Spirit. So why would we look for another term to substitute or something? We need to contend for this word. What we're looking at is Christian spirituality is life in the Holy Spirit. Life with the Holy Spirit. Intimate fellowship and friendship with the Holy Spirit. That to me is the essence of what Christian spirituality is.
0: And there's actually an experiential lived out quality to that. It's yes. not a theology that's a concept. It is a of an encounter in daily life. Yes. Like it should make some difference. What we're talking about right now, spirituality, life in the Holy Spirit, should affect our lives today.
1: Yes. For, again, the early church and what we read about in scripture, we don't just talk about this, it's not just doctrine to analyze or study, but it's a reality to enter into. It's a relationship with the third person of the Holy Trinity.
0: And so involved in this are things like practices that people do that help them engage. On a simple level, reading scripture might be a practice, or different types of prayer might be a practice that helps them. That's right. But there's also supposed to be some kind of... um, All I have is the word experience, Mm -hmm. an experience of life with the Holy Spirit. Yeah,
1: that's right. And again, I think this is what we see from the beginning. If someone said, well, where does Christian spirituality come from? We're back to the scriptures. All the great Christian spiritual classics, the great Christian mystics, all of them are people of the scriptures. So really, Christian spirituality is born out of the Bible out of the matrix or the womb of the Bible and meditation on the Bible and living it and applying it to lives. That is the essence of, of Christian spirituality, the study of it and the practice of it.
0: Where do we see it in Scripture?
1: Well, you and I have been talking about this because we've had a course on the Holy Spirit over recent weeks, and it's in the Old Testament. I mean, we find people interacting with, being filled with, being anointed by, uh, uh, fellowshipping with the Spirit of the Lord in the Old Testament. I mean, an example would be King David in Psalm 51, where he's, he's saying to the Lord, in the midst of his sin and brokenness, please do not take your Holy Spirit from me.
0: And so, so that's his spiritual his spirituality yes. is what we're talking about there. Yes.
1: So sometimes we look back with this New Testament perspective and we think the Old Testament saints didn't really know what we're talking about, what we're experiencing. David is an example of that, or Moses, others. They they experienced the Holy Spirit, and they described that.
0: All now, through the Old Testament. All through the Old Testament. You people where it says the Holy Spirit came upon someone, or stirred, or moved, or acted, or spoke. Mm -hmm. It's all the way through the Old Testament. All the
1: way through. And it's not just, this is another uh, misnomer here, that people would think, well, it was just Moses, or it was just Isaiah, or Elijah, or Deborah. No, no, no. There was something, you could say, democratized about the Spirit. The Spirit was shared with others. So, for example, Moses in Numbers 11 Someone comes to him and says, Moses, people are prophesying back in the camp. Aren't you the only one that's supposed to prophesy? Don't you alone have the Spirit of the Lord? And he's saying, should
0: we go tell them to stop?
1: Yes, shut it down. And Moses says, no, 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 I wish that all of God's people, all of you had the Spirit of the Lord operating and that you prophesied and that you're prophets. So as far back as the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit is meant to be experienced and to uh, indwell everyone.
0: And then, of course, we see a great outpouring mm. in when we come into the New Testament.
1: That's right. And someone like Ezekiel prophesies that and says there's a new covenant that's coming when the law is going to be written on the hearts of people and everyone is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and taught directly by God. Ezekiel says that and then Joel says in his great prophecy that the Spirit of the Lord is going to be poured out on all flesh. And so that comes to fulfillment in the book of Acts.
0: And the day of Pentecost, Peter's there saying, Joel said this, and that's what you see happening all around you.
1: That's right. For young and old, male and female, slave, free everyone. It's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to be experienced by anyone who believes, anyone who opens up their life.
0: So then Christian spirituality, Hmm. life in the spirit is this thing what I think what I'm trying to sort out is is there the kind of thing of being a Christian without having this spirituality or are they inherently linked? Yeah.
1: Well, unfortunately, yes. I think we could have people as Jesus says in John what is it John 3 you can be born again you're born by the spirit and into the spirit but maybe your spiritual life never really develops for one reason or another and you never really uh, cultivate intimate fellowship with the holy spirit so in that sense you're you're kind of moving through your life as a spiritual child and you may not have this kind of awareness of who the holy spirit is and studying things in scripture or the Christian tradition. So, yeah, it's possible.
0: Or you might move through your life as someone who's living out of your head mm-hmm. and never investigate this world of encounter yes. and experience, yes. lived experience. Yeah, Is that possible as well?
1: Surely, and I think a lot of us do that at different seasons in our lives. And so what All Saints, what we're wanting to do is look at christian spirituality in the scriptures and then trace these things out through church history and find those moments where people maybe lost the plot and they did there was a cerebral focus at the expense of spiritual experience and so we want to learn from those lessons those historical moments because the truth is from the beginning it's not either or it's both and it's rich a life of rich thinking, the life of the mind that God gives all of us to think about and reflect on God and then to encounter God as well through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit.
0: And I know you've talked about one of those times in history when things kind of began, not a major split, but a tiny split between those life of the mind and this rich encounter, and it was with Aquinas.
1: Yeah, that's right, Thomas Aquinas. So in the Middle Ages, Aquinas is his years. He's in the 13th century, so from 1225 to 1274. And he did a great service for the church. So he was trying to bring rigorous learning together with the Christian faith, and he created all kinds of systems and categories that helped us out, even to this day. But some of his followers took this tendency to categorize too far. And so a divide began to happen. And so certain people worked in spirituality and others worked in theology proper. Aquinas never intended for that. And so there was a drift that began to take place in the 13th century with, with him.
0: So he probably had a very small little split that mm-hmm. may not even have been noticeable with him. But as people carried it out through the centuries you saw a wider split.
1: Yeah, like a flight pattern, right? So it's yeah. off a little few degrees, right. but then, yeah, that's exactly right. Now, I will, I will say, this is, we're generalizing and we're making some kind of bird's-eye observations here. Um, some of this did not take place. We're talking about the, the West, and so we're talking about Europe, and uh, Aquinas is, uh, you know, he's in centers of learning in the West. The Eastern Church, would say, hey, we we never really experienced that separation. And by the
0: Eastern Church, you mean the Orthodox Church.
1: That's right, Eastern Orthodox Church. So the church in the Middle East, the church in Russia, Eastern Europe. They would say, well, we really weren't influenced uh, by Aquinas and these kinds of trends in uh, the West. So they would argue that. I think it's pretty compelling. That's why I think... We need to be aware of theology and spirituality in the Christian West and in the Christian East. It's important for us to know our whole family.
0: Because we'll see how the different tracks played out That's as right. you move forward. So if we're going to shift back to the West, mm-hmm. and we have with Aquinas' this split just starting, mm-hmm. if I were to look back and I could see it mapped out, would I see it getting broader and broader? Yeah, with the some, centuries?
1: with some. Yeah, you would generally a trend, but you would, of course, find exceptions who never bought into that. And many of them being the the Christian mystics, the great spiritual writers, because they, they knew from their own experience, their own study of the scriptures, their own participation in the life of the church and community, that there was no separation. So they weren't off in a classroom lecturing somewhere. They were living out the spiritual life. Being spiritual mothers and fathers to others, raising them up to to experience both of these things. So you would have people who would resist this, uh, even after Aquinas.
0: And again, I'm trying to sort out as yeah. we go. And so, we're tra-
1: what we're trying to do. This could be yeah. boring to some, but it yeah. actually is really exciting to look at some of these historical trends.
0: Well, and I think it's important to because what I'm trying to do is get my mind around this. Term that's not terribly clear even now it's used in so many ways that it's not clear and so we're kind of tracing where the unclarity that's not a word I think I just made up a word where the lack of clarity came from yeah and so it began to arise in these different pockets yeah and I think you've probably experienced in the academic world that you can get into places in that place where there is a study of spirituality, and there is a study of theology, and it is not mixed.
1: That's right. You may even have experts at divinity schools and graduate schools who they are experts in Christian spirituality, and they may study some of these figures who held these two together, the life of the mind, and their hearts may be dried up. So sometimes that's human nature. We tend to analyze and study and learn things, and we don't actually practice what we're, what we're looking at.
0: So at the core is Christian spirituality, the practice of life in the presence of the Holy Spirit.
1: Oh yeah, well put, Connie. Yeah, that. And again, theology and spirituality sometimes are separated. They're bifurcated. For the early church, for the Scriptures, reflection on God and life in the Holy Spirit, life with God, the encounter. These are always united. So again, if we're talking about Christian spirituality is biblical, but it's also trinitarian.
0: Trinitarian, okay. Yes. Which means it's biblical, but it's also of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
1: Yes. And if you're doing something other than that, it may not be Christian spirituality. If you're moving into some some other thinking and practices and you're moving away from ongoing interaction with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, in ways that arise from and align with Scripture, you're probably moving into something other than historic Christian spirituality. So
0: describe for me what a spirituality that's interacting with Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, just give me an example of what that might be.
1: Well, I am 30 years into this and in many ways still a novice. So I think that's the beauty of this: is this is a lifelong project. It's an adventure. It's exciting, and so it's a little intimidating. Um, ask me the question again, because I just <laughs> forgot what it was.
0: I just intimidated you right <laughs> that's out of the question. Right, I just uh,
1: that's such a big question. So I'm I looking re-
0: at the idea of Christian spirituality being Trinitarian. Yeah. And thinking. A Trinitarian spirituality in some way interacts with the Trinity. Mm-hmm. What on earth does that even look like?
1: I think what it does is lets, it, it automatically informs us that Christian spirituality is not just about surrounding yourself with books and great things to read. It, it's an, enc- an ongoing encounter and relationship, a friendship with God. That's it, that's the clearest I can, I can state it. That's difficult. It's yeah. simple enough for yeah. my 10-year-old son to understand. Develop a friendship with God. And then we could talk about the love of the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus and what it means to be a friend with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. But then Jake, who's 10, can spend the next 60 years of his life living into that. So... It's. I know I'm still not answering, but I think it, it also means that we're praying what we're learning. We're praying what we're reading. We're praying in a Trinitarian way. We're praying to the Father through the Son by the Spirit. We're fellowshipping with, with the Triune God. That's a mystery, but it's also an invitation for us.
0: And I think that's one of the reasons it's so hard to put words to, mm. because... I'm asking for concrete definitions yeah. of something that's inherently relational mm-hmm. and experiential. Yeah. So it would be me saying, give me a concrete example of your relationship with your son or your wife or your daughter. Yeah. And how do we make sense of that? And let's parse that out. Yeah, and, you and you'd be saying, I part. just love them. They're my family.
1: Yeah, and we spend time together. So I think this is why we read the great Christian spiritual classics, because they show us how they do it, how they did it. And so these become conversation partners and mentors. It's why I love them. We're sitting in my office and there are books on shelves of these people that mapped out for us. They share with us how they develop friendship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're, we should be hungry to learn from them and listen to them.
0: Frankly, it's been times when I've seen someone living that way that's made me say, I don't know what they're doing, but I want that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think if they had tried to write an explanation of it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I might have looked at it and said, okay, fine. Oh, yeah, I believe that. But then when I see it in action, like you're seeing it in these people, these writers that are surrounding us, mm-hmm. you're seeing something and saying, ah, oh, that." That's what it looks like. We need the communion of saints, both the ones around us and the ones who've gone before us, to get pictures of this.
1: Mm -hmm. We've got to constantly remind ourselves, too, we need to be teachable and coachable and hungry to learn from other people. This means that we're also opening our minds to not only the scriptures, but to others who have meditated on, lived out, and applied the scriptures in their lives. And that is a big part of studying and practicing Christian spirituality. So is there anything you want to push back on or that you have further questions about? Just making sure that we're clear for listeners and for future All Saints students on what Christian spirituality is and what it's not.
0: I think part of it for me is the recognition that this term is used in many ways, mm-hmm. so depending on who you're listening to, you're going to have to ask them, what do you mean by mm-hmm. spirituality? Mm-hmm. Because you can't assume that everybody that's going to be using it is using it in the same way. Yeah. And Could you just also explain for us, how is this term used in an academic context?
1: It's a good question. It's actually a really exciting time, Connie, in the academic world because there's been a renaissance, a rebirth of interest in Christian spirituality. Why is that? uh, I think a couple of things. I think the Spirit of God is moving all over the world, including in academic Mm -hmm. contexts. Yeah. So I think the power of Pentecost continues to be felt in different seasons of human history. And thankfully, I think it has something to do also with theologians recovering a doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So you've got these two things alongside one another over, especially the last 50 years or so, a a rediscovered interest in the third person of the Holy Trinity. And along with that is a retrieval, an interest in what life in the Holy Spirit is.
0: Now, if I were in an academic setting, I might, that's Christian spirituality yes. that you just talked about, mm-hmm. but I might also be encountering people who were talking about Hindu spirituality or Buddhist spirituality
1: or yes. some
0: other type of spirituality.
1: Yes. And there's a renaissance, a, an interest in the study of spirituality across the religious tradition. So I was involved in the American Academy of Religion. There was a whole group called the Contemplative Studies Group. And so we would have Christians and Buddhists and others together, and what was fun about it is we would talk about where we're different, irreducibly different, but we would also talk about certain forms of prayer and meditation and these kinds of things and say, that is really interesting. And so you would find this kind of rediscovery of spirituality across the academic spectrum. And it's really exciting. Because there's no apology at all about your particular religious tradition, your situatedness. I am a Christian, and this is how Christians do it. And I pray to the Holy Trinity, and I believe in the incarnation, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, unapologetically. And then you'll have someone from another religious tradition talk about things. And it really is a pretty lively conversation. It's pretty fun. And
0: so over the past, what, 100 years, 75 years, there's been a coalescing of an actual academic culture that understands what spirituality and that term refers to.
1: Yes. yeah.
0: And that's one of the reasons why we're using that term in All Saints, because there is a distinctively Christian spirituality, Mm -hmm. and there is this understanding in the academic world of
1: what that means. Exactly. So... And again, this some Christians might be suspicious of this or they might feel threatened. It's actually really exciting. And you'll find people, Christians, having opportunities. I've got a friend at Fuller Seminary named Amos Young who is a spirit-filled theologian. He's a Pentecostal charismatic theologian and he has deep ongoing dialogue with Buddhists and people from his background, his religious background, before he was a believer And it's exciting. He gets the opportunity to interact with them and talk about Jesus and to talk about his life in the Holy Spirit. And maybe 50, 60 years ago, that that may not have happened. So he gets to do kind of missional work and represent Jesus in academic context.
0: I love that.
1: Oh, it's so exciting.
0: And I love that because this word spirituality and this and and what is collected around it, we as Christians get to say the Holy Spirit is in the center of our understanding of what we're doing here That's and right. what this life is all about. It just instantly raises the center of being indwelled by the Holy
1: Spirit, mm.
0: which is at the heart
1: of Christian spirituality. That's right. And it reminds us that the Holy Spirit opens hearts and opens doors for conversations, even... In academic context in colleges and universities it, there's a, a professor at University of P- Pennsylvania who was writing the crest of this wave in a secular context like that he started teaching spirituality he was a practicing Christian but he began to talk to students about other forms of spirituality maybe that they're coming from and his class there was such demand for it that there was a waiting list And so these students would come and hear his Christian perspective in conversation with other traditions, and the students couldn't get enough of it. It became Mm. one of the most popular courses on campus. And so this professor, therefore, had the opportunity Hmm. to talk about spirituality. And he did other things. I mean, it's pretty amazing. He would get people to pray and even fast and give things up as they're part of this course. The, the story is just amazing. So again, that probably would not have happened 60, 60 years ago in an academic context. The Spirit of God has no uh, limitations, no fences that can keep the Spirit out. The Spirit can blow wherever the Spirit wishes, and so it's exciting.
0: I love that, and it makes me even more grateful that we have the term in the name of all saints, Mm. because right there in the name is All Saints Center for Theology, Spirituality, Spirituality. and Leadership, which means we cannot leave the Holy Spirit out of our context, which I'm grateful for. Mm. We don't want to leave the Spirit out, Mm. and yet even in this context, it could be um, tempting Mm -hmm. to just kind of divert over into the purely intellectual or theological yeah. and that isn't our heart at all no.
1: we want the fullness of what Jesus has been doing in the church from the beginning that's what we're after we, we don't want to move to one extreme or the other, we're anti-intellectual or we're anti-experiential, anti-charismatic and we want all of this
0: so next week we're going to continue talking about this and we're going to talk more about specifically what it will look like at All Saints. Mm. And I, this week has been so rich for me in mm. delving into this that I'm actually looking forward to next week too.
1: Mm. I am as well. So I'm just going to end with a Trinitarian prayer. Lord, I pray for those who are listening that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit would be a consuming fire within them and a wall of fire around them. And that you would, in the way that only you can, draw them deeper into Christian spirituality, into life with the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.
0: That was Brock Bingaman, and I'm Connie Willems, and this has been an All Saints Conversation. You can find out more about us and all of our courses, including the one on spirituality, at allsaints.center, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week.
1: Yes, thank you.